Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. And Glenn Leverins. This is Morning Air. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Wake up, America. It's Monday, February 13th. Good morning and welcome back to the final hour of Morning Air. I'm John Morales. Along with Glenn Leverance and our studio producer is Gabby Burke in for Sarah Tafoya. Thanks so much for joining us across America on this Monday morning. Always a joy and a privilege to be with you to start your week here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I hope you had a great Super Bowl weekend. If you're a football fan, we're going to talk about the big game much more here momentarily. First of all, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, Relevant Radio family. It was another absolutely amazing give from the heart winner pledge drive. Unbelievable, heroic support from every single one of you. Thank you for allowing us to continue to bring Christ to the world through the media. Once again, as we've done so many times in the past, never ceases to amaze me. We reached our goal of $3 million, and this time we did it in dramatic fashion once again on Friday night in the final 12 minutes of the Pledge Drive during the Drew Mariani Show with Mike Kendall and Father Rocky in studio. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, Laura in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, made a $200 pledge. And with that pledge, we have our goal to celebrate. Look at that. Look at that. What a team. This is awesome. There we go. I love it. Thank you very much. What a what an unbelievable pledge drive. You know, this thing kicked off, Father, I'm thinking. Wow, look at that. Woo, we got a big goal to get. Yep, yep. That's what it takes. You know, this keeps the lights on for the next three months and pays the bills. It allows us in between to go out and find those other gifts so we can continue to grow this network across America. What a celebration it was indeed, and we did it with your amazing support through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary, our Lady of Lourdes. We couldn't have done it without our Blessed Mother, and we couldn't have done it without each and every one of you. And as as I promised uh, during morning air, I already bought the two dozen roses for Our Lady for reaching our goals. It looks like we made it. We did make it. Thank you, Barry Mantelo. Uh, here's the happy totals. As we stand right now, 3117000 plus from 15058 uh, gifts from our relevant radio family with an average gift amount of $207. Want to bring in uh, my partner, Glenn. Uh, again, I am just overflowing with gratitude here this morning. Yet another incredible uh, winner pledge drive, Glenn. Yeah, well, thanks to each and every uh, great Relevant Radio listener who donated, who prayed for us, who told friends about the Relevant Radio Pledge Drive. Thanks so much for your awesome generosity. It inspires us time and time again, and it enables us to keep going strong for three more months and keep adding more stations, as Father Rocky says, to reach more souls for Christ, to bring Christ to the world through the media. That is what we do. Thanks to your help. We're listener-supported, and we couldn't do it without you. Thanks once again for coming through in, in Super Bowl-like fashion with just a few minutes left. I think about 10 minutes left to go before 5 Central Friday afternoon, and uh, it's always kind of kind of fun to hear that going on. So once again, 
Thank you, thank you, thank you for being so generous. Glenn, I was in my car taking my son uh, to uh, baseball hitting practice, and I wouldn't miss it for anything in the world. Those last few minutes were were so exciting. It, it really did feel like a sporting event. That's why I called Friday our Super Bowl Friday, and uh, our listeners came through. Our Morning Air family was also uh, outstanding on Friday. We had 619 gifts for uh, over $96,000. Every single one of you, all you early bird uh, listeners, you're so important to our mission. Uh, whether it's big or small, your gift made a difference and continues to make a difference for time and for eternity. Thank you once again. Morning Air family, uh, we love every one of you. Now, if for whatever reason you missed uh, the Pledge Drive party last week, uh, you can still make a tax-deductible donation by giving us a call. 877-291-0123 is the number that you heard so many times last week. Uh, you can also give online at relevantradio.com, or you can make a pledge through the Relevant Radio app. Uh, Glenn, let's talk about uh, the other Super Bowl on the field, Super Bowl 57 last night. I believe it was a game for the ages as uh, Patrick Mahomes led the Kansas City Chiefs to yet another Super Bowl comeback down from 10 points down, playing on an injured ankle. Mahomes threw two touchdown passes in the fourth quarter alone before Harrison Butker was the hero by booting a 27-yard field goal with eight seconds to go to give the Chiefs the 38-35 win over the Philadelphia Eagles, as heard on Westwood One. Third and goal for Philadelphia. Mahomes, shotgun snap, backpedals and throws a pass. Wide open, spinning catch, five into the end zone. Sky Moore. The Chiefs have compounded their lead now with 9.22 to go. Quarterback sneak. Hertz is going to push it across for the touchdown. And the Eagles have come right back on a one-yard touchdown run by Hertz. Hertz and the Chiefs. Will try to go up with a 27-yard field goal by Harrison Butker. Winchester the snap. The hold by Townsend. The kick is away and good! 27-yard field goal to take the lead with eight seconds remaining in Super Bowl 57. 38-35. Hurts looking, standing still, winding up. Long pass. It lands at the 20. No one is there. Zeros on the clock. It's over. It's over. The Chiefs have won. The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57 on a game-winning field goal. And Patrick Mahomes was named the Super Bowl MVP. Glenn, what a gutty performance on uh, an injured ankle that he uh, re-injured uh, late in the, in the first half. Oh, looking tough at the end of the half there. He was really in pain over at the sideline. And if you ever wondered how busy a one-legged quarterback could be, well, there, there you see, maybe it's a, a new saying, but uh, Mahomes leading a great 10-point deficit comeback in the, in the second half. And so the Chiefs' uh, second Super Bowl in four years, third appearance, and uh, you're doing it with uh, a somewhat different cast of characters this time around, although his uh, star tight end, Travis Kelsey, was was there as well. But uh, some uh, great players, some great plays, and you know, valiant effort by the Eagles as well, John. 
No, no question about it. Uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, the Eagles quarterback, probably had the greatest game of, of his career. Uh, four touchdowns, uh, one touchdown pass, three rushing touchdowns on the night. Uh, he he was outstanding, but they came up short. Uh, it, it was it was a great game, no matter how you look at it. Um, can't forget. Uh, the uh, heroics of Butker, who uh, won the AFC championship game with three seconds to go, and he does it again here uh, for the entire wo- worldwide audience uh, to win uh, Super Bowl 57 uh, for the Chiefs. Uh, it's it's great moment for a very uh, devout uh, Catholic man uh, of faith, uh, Glenn. Oh, I bet he was praying a lot, uh, especially after missing uh, a kick earlier that uh, had the kind of doink noise off the uh, the left upright and uh, needed to get the game winner at the end. And some interesting, not unwise, but interesting clock management at the end for the Chiefs who uh, decided, no, nah, we don't want to. We don't want to get a touchdown. We'd rather uh, burn off time off the clock and uh, leave it to leave it to Butker, which worked well, and uh, they got that title once again. Very exciting game on the field and off. I know we'll be talking more about that with Peter Atkinson from the Merry Beggars in just a minute. But uh, loved some of those commercials as well. Dogs featured prominently as well as the uh, campaign Jesus He Gets Us had a couple beautiful spots in there too, encouraging us to to live like kids in one of them, John. Yes, indeed. Uh, there was a ton of commercials. We're going to talk about a few of them here momentarily. As always, thanks so much, uh, Glenn. I really appreciate it. Sure thing, John. First things first, we always start every hour here in prayer, always giving thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn, and patroness of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio, pray for us. And we invoke the Holy Spirit every morning here when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Morning Air Show. And also shoot us an email, morningair at relevantradio.com. If you want to be part of the show, it's 888-914-9149. Now, let's talk about uh, the Super Bowl off the field, the entertainment aspect. Uh, not uh, everybody is into football. You may have been at some big uh, party. Uh, you, you may have glanced at some of the commercials and the Super Bowl halftime show, which this year uh, featured Rihanna, uh, who performed uh, after becoming a mom. There were also a few commercials that caught my attention. Uh, there's a, a group of Christian boosters who use uh, the biggest stage, the biggest megaphone uh, TV marketing money can buy uh, $7 million for a, a 30-second spot uh, on Super Bowl Sunday to spread the word with uh, two ads that proclaim, He Gets Us, referring to Jesus. There was an influencer who became insanely popular. Everybody started following him. Then, one day, he stood up for something he believed in. People got angry. The establishment called him an extremist, said he shouldn't be allowed to share his views. They would stop at nothing to shut him up. So they did what they had to do. They nailed him to a cross. 
live here in studio is Peter Atkinson, the director of the Merry Beggars, the entertainment division of Relevant Radio, for uh, some reaction uh, to uh, the Super Bowl 57 commercials as well as the halftime show. Good morning, Peter. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Great to see you here live. Uh, Bright and early here in studio with us. Good morning, John. I always love the excuse to get into the studio early, so thanks for having me here. All right. Uh, full disclosure, how much of the game and how much of the uh, halftime and, and the commercials were you able to watch? Because there was a lot going on. In fact, they were running commercials for hours even before the game. There was a lot. So ever since I was a kid, the the only part of the Super Bowl that I really fell in love with was uh, the, the commercials, the storytelling, the entertainment side of things, which is good given that I'm in entertainment. So all, all in all, it was good. And, and I thought this... Um, the Super Bowl was pretty strong in terms of uh, what I've seen of the commercials and, and the entertainment. And it's interesting to see how the Super Bowl uh, commercials and um, the, all of the celebrities that they bring are sort of it's sort of like taking the pulse on our contemporary culture. Uh, and I think this one didn't disappoint for that. What did you think of the halftime show? There was some interesting uh, takes on Twitter that my wife pointed out to me last night. Some people didn't like Rihanna's uh, performance last night. Well, so I, uh, in preparation for this morning, John, I uh, I was looking up some of the um, some of the old uh, style halftime shows, and it's an interesting sort of. Uh, bellwether of, of where our culture is and where we came from. In 1972, if you went to the Super Bowl, you would have gotten a private concert with none other than Ella Fitzgerald. Uh, and most of the other times, you would have gotten Air Force marching bands or Florida marching bands or whatnot. And so it's interesting thinking about Ella Fitzgerald and a jazz concert now coming to these extremely glitzy pop superstar fireworks going off left and right. Um, but I thought this uh, Super Bowl halftime show was very similar to the others. Um, the the performers don't actually get paid for these. Um, right, right. So the NFL foots the bill, which is usually around $10 million for these concerts. But really, it's an opportunity for the celebrity or the performer to up their profile um, if they want to get more downloads, album sales, so on and so forth. So uh, Rihanna, I think, did that excellently. She hasn't been uh, doing live music for five years. She hasn't released any new music for seven years. But then the most important part as a Catholic that I like to see was that she was pregnant. And she was uh, she was unintentionally or intentionally giving a, a pro-life witness to the world that I, I think is encouraging, right? It's how many... You know, oftentimes in today's culture, it's really easy that there's a dichotomy between you're a professional woman or you're a mother. And um, I, I I know that that's not true in the women I know. And uh, it's always good to see that. That being said, uh, you know, I usually try not to watch the halftime show too too much because generally it's it's not exactly a, uh, a display of modest um, femininity. Without a doubt, you are spot on. In fact, my wife pointed out, hey, the good thing about this is that she's fully dressed. Exactly. She so was fully dressed. When I was growing up, my introduction to the halftime shows was the 2004 uh, show with Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake with the, the very staged wardrobe mess up. And in my opinion, it's sort of gone downhill since there. But I'm I was glad to see that um, that maybe it's motherhood, maybe it's you know something else. But she she actually was fully clothed for the entirety of the performance, which I, I took as a good sign. What about the commercials? Anyone uh, really uh, hit you? Well, I I'm really encouraged by the fact um, that the He Gets Us uh, series is getting some traction. So as I'm sure your your listeners are aware, the He Gets Us uh, series of commercials 
is a uh, it's a series of commercials that are trying to introduce the story of Jesus Christ as something relevant and grounded in in things that they can relate to. And well, the the most impressive part of it is they're not trying to sell anything. Um, they're actually letting the story stand by itself, which is um, pretty amazing. There's, I think, $100 million dedicated to this campaign from the Servant Foundation. And uh, I, I just I, – I'm really encouraged by what they're doing, and, and I hope more people take up the charge. Well, we have a little sample, just a, a little bit of the commercials, just uh, to get a little flavor. General Motors is going electric, and Netflix is joining in by including more EVs in their movies and shows. The least they can do. So if you're going to get swarmed by an army of the dead, why not get swarmed in an EV? No! I said no biting! Or if you're being voluntarily kidnapped, why not be kidnapped in an EV? Oh, booking.com. I'm going to somewhere, anywhere. A beach house, a tree house. Honestly, I don't care. Hello, humidity. A fancy hotel with a sexy guard. Landscape architect. A tiny home with aggressive flair. Somewhere, anywhere. T-Mobile, it sets up so fast. It's like Wi-Fi that runs on 5G. Home internet from T-Mobile? Wait till you see. Tell me more, tell me more. One cord's all that you need. Tell me more, tell me more. Don't you worry about speed. Peter, what do you think? Uh, my favorite was... Uh, John Travolta. I think John Travolta. That was a that was a really nice spot, uh, bringing back evoking memories of Greece. Well, I I love it. It um it, I'm happy anytime producers want to spend uh, money on good entertainment. Um, so I love it. My my favorite, my all time favorite Super Bowl commercial was one listeners may remember of cat herding, which I, I I have no idea what the commercial was actually for. Which is the danger with these commercials is they're so entertaining that you actually forget the product. But I I think it's fantastic. I I I, lo- I love every single one of them. There was a cat playing the piano that I saw. That yep. was hysterical. And it's interesting because the point of all these commercials are to try and like spark a zeitgeist on Twitter or have people comment about them. Um, and I think, you know, a couple of years ago, they were trying to be more sort of um, political, more, more try to move people towards this side or that side, especially in 2020, 2021. Um, and it's really refreshing to see that that's sort of receded, um, that people are, are realizing that, you know, maybe we should just try and entertain and refresh and, and encourage rather than anything else. Peter, Great to see you again. Appreciate the entertainment uh, perspective of Super Bowl 57. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, John. All right, we need to uh, take a break. That was Peter Atkinson, the director of The Merry Beggars, an apostolate of Relevant Radio. We're going to take a short time out when we come back. Our spiritual director, Father Burke Masters, who's been waiting patiently on the line, is going to continue his series on morality, virtue, and freedom, focusing on the moral conscience. Stay with us on this Monday edition of Morning Air as we continue here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Looking at life from a Catholic worldview. This is Morning Air on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and producer Gabby who's in for Sarah. Thanks for tuning in to uh, Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app here on this Monday morning. Our number, if you want to be part of the program, 888-914-9149. 
Now, this morning we're going to continue a new series on morality, virtue, and freedom with our spiritual director, Father Burke Masters. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the importance of the moral conscience. Joining us live is our spiritual director, Father Burke Masters, the pastor of St. Isaac Jogues Parish in Hinsdale, Illinois, Chicago Cubs Catholic chaplain known as the baseball priest and a longtime Morning Air contributor. Good morning, Father Burke. Thanks so much for joining us. Great to be with you once again. Thanks for your patience. We're running a little behind here this morning. It's okay. Good to be with you, John. And uh, yeah, just listening to your uh, talk on the Super Bowl and the commercials. And, you know, as an Eagles fan, I'm, of course, disappointed in the in the outcome. But uh, it was a great game to watch. And uh, um, there's a lot of lessons to be learned in sports. And, and one of them is... Uh, it's just a game, <laughs> and I know some people they they live and die on how their team does. It's like okay, the sun sun comes up, it's a new day, and uh, relative to life and eternity, it's just a game. And also, uh, I learned so much in, in sports that you know you you learn that things don't always go your way, and it doesn't mean it's the end of the world. <laughs> Again, the, get up, keep on going, and you know these these become memories very quickly and you the game of life so to speak what's what's so important is uh, making christ the center of our lives that's what uh uh that's what's most important well i was impressed by uh the eagles uh, head coach uh who said it it may not have been god's uh, will for his team uh to to win the game uh but nevertheless uh he felt that jalen hurts had the maybe the greatest game of his life uh with four touchdowns uh three rushing one passing he put on a a uh, world class performance last night although his team came up short he did uh two quarterbacks that are so athletic and uh, can do so many things. It was just an entertaining game to watch. Um, uh, I was, yeah, honestly, I didn't really watch too much of the commercials and, or the halftime show, but the, the game itself, I think was one of the best uh, Super Bowls with uh, two incredible quarterbacks going, going head to head and toe to toe, so to speak. And for, you know, Mahomes with that injury to, gut it out like that i thought when he limped off the field he was done you know in the second quarter and uh, he's uh he's a tough guy he is a really tough guy when he was grimacing it did not look good but it, you just uh, can't count out uh, somebody an mvp like him uh, the intestinal fortitude uh, just a, a great example of uh, of of courage and leadership and uh, and he came through uh, for his team when when they needed him the most but like you said father it's just a game only one team and only one set of fans can be happy out of all the NFL teams only one team and that's the the Chiefs fans of course this morning um, so we have to keep uh, that eternal perspective always that it is just a football game um, one other note uh, pitchers and catchers report to spring training in a couple of days, Father. I, I can't wait. To, that's a, another thing I was reflecting on. I said, boy, here, football is done, but now you know, baseball is my, my favorite sport, and I can't wait for uh, spring training to start. I'm going to go down to Arizona for a few days in March to visit the Cubs and uh, our good friend Mike Sweeney. And, uh, you know, being a Phillies fan as well, you know, so both my Philadelphia teams – one was in the World Series, one in the Super Bowl. They both lost, but uh, should be a fun, a fun summer uh, of baseball.
Absolutely. How fun is that? You are headed uh, to spring training. Well, Father, let's talk about um, the conscience. Uh, can you first of all explain to us uh, from um, Catholic moral teaching, what exactly uh, does the church mean when we talk about the conscience? Yeah, so this is so important. We've been talking about how we, every human being has an intellect and a will, and we have you know freedom. So grace uh enlightens the, the mind to know what is true, good, and beautiful, and grace strengthens the will to choose what is true, good, and beautiful. And uh, another faculty that we have is this conscience that is, uh, the catechism says it's, it's literally the, the voice of God. It's God's voice. When, when one listens to his conscience, the prudent man can hear God speaking. And I think we've all experienced that when, you know, whether you say it's, that inner voice, your gut, your instincts, uh, when you know what is, you just know what's right and what's wrong. Uh, that's that conscience in us that, uh, you know, God says, I, I will, I will plant my law in man's heart. Um, we just know when we've done right or wrong. So that's, that's part of what the conscience is, is it's God's voice uh, speaking within us. It is God's voice, uh, but uh, according to uh, Catholic teaching, uh, the conscience uh, does quite a, a lot. It does. It does. So it, it's also the, the judgment of reason, the catechism says, so where, whereby a person recognizes the moral quality of a concrete act that, he, that he's going to perform um, or he's in the process of performing. So that means that as I'm about to do something, my conscience is is kind of guiding me saying this is this is the right thing to do this is what you should do it, it also is the aid to self-possession and a healthy interior life uh, from the catechism uh, paragraph 1779 it says people must be sufficiently present to themselves in order to hear and follow the voice of conscience so what this requires is a prayer life you know if if someone is not self-possessed in the sense of I have an interior life. I'm praying. Uh, if I'm just kind of going about, you know, bouncing off every experience that I have in life and I'm not reflecting, I'm not going to give uh, my conscience, which is God's voice speaking within me, sufficient uh, ability to guide my life. But if I am a person of prayer and I have that healthy interior life, I'm going to, despite the distractions and everything that's happening in life, uh, through introspection, I'm reflecting on, you know, God, guide me in this, help me make the right decision. So we can't emphasize enough the importance of prayer and reflection uh, as it relates to our conscience. One of the most important prayers that we can do is called the examine prayer from St. Ignatius of Loyola. Uh, St. Ignatius would say that after the Mass, the examine would be the most important prayer because what it's doing is... The examined prayer is basically looking at the last 24 hours of my, my life and saying, okay, where did I encounter God? Where did I miss opportunities? And that kind of reflection helps us to live in the moment right now and to listen to our conscience, to listen to that voice of God within us, to, to act morally, to do the next right thing, so to speak. Uh, Father, can you talk about the importance of a properly formed conscience? This, this is part of uh, our right and duties uh, with our conscience. Yeah, it's so important that, uh, that we spend time in prayer and study, getting to know um, 
the teachings of the church. Uh, so in order to do the right thing, to act morally, uh, we need to form our consciences. We need to, um, you know, because we have an intellect and a will, uh, we need to know what's, what's right from wrong and what does the church teach. So sometimes, um, you know, if we, if we don't form our consciences, uh, we don't know. Okay. And, and people will tell me in the confessional, you know, Father, I didn't even know this was wrong. For example, um, one might be using birth control. If I don't get to know the church's teachings and we believe that, you know, the, the church teaches, uh, you know, what Christ would want, um, then I'm not able to follow God's ways. And when we don't know that it was wrong, it doesn't mean, it means that it's not a, um, a mortal sin because for, for a mortal sin, I have to know it's wrong, wrong. I have to do it anyway. And it's serious matter, but it doesn't mean that the act was right. So it could still be a morally evil, uh, objectively morally evil act, but I may not be as culpable because I don't know it's right. Um, or I don't know it's wrong. So when we inform our consciences, when we come to know the church's teachings, we become responsible, uh, and we're able to live uh, according to God's ways. In the very beginning of this section on morality, we talk about the vocation to be attitude. So we are made for true happiness, which comes from union with Christ. So really living a holy life, living a moral life, is what leads to true happiness. When we sin, whether we know it's wrong or not, we are moving away from God which is moving away from true happiness. So our conscience is another gift from God, you know, along with our intellect and will to say, I'm giving you all of these faculties in order to choose the right thing, in order to live a good, moral, virtuous life, in order to be holy, which will ultimately lead to our, our true happiness here on earth and then ultimately in heaven. So uh, we, have, we have a duty to inform our consciences to to know what is right and wrong. And, and Father, final moments here, uh, your thoughts on the, again, the, tying it into the importance of having a properly formed conscience, because if, if it's not properly formed, it's so easy uh, to make an error in judgment, to, to make a, a mistake, because we just don't know what we're doing. Yeah, we just kind of go with the wind and, you know, just, um, we're not living life intentionally. And I think as, as you study morality, and as I've been uh, teaching this section of Be Formed and with my fellow priests, the more I study this, the more I realize the beauty of the Church's teaching and the, the beauty of the Church wanting us to live uh, a good moral life to lead us to happiness. So uh, a couple helpful tips here. If, if you're confronted with a difficult situation, a question, or a decision, uh, some tips. One is to interpret the data of experience. Uh, how does this measure up with what I know to be true in accord with reality? So um, with my formed conscience, what do I know to be true? What does the church teach here? The second thing is uh, uh, ask for the gift of prudence. Um, maybe ask for the advice of comp competent people, especially if this is a really big decision. Go to prayer and ask for the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about prudence and how prudence and conscience can lead us to making good decisions. 
And then consider these basic rules, that you're never allowed to do evil so that a good may result from it. That's never uh, permitted. Um, the, the golden rule, do to others what you would have them do unto you. Um, and then uh, in charity, we have to respect the conscience of our neighbors. We should never, you know, Jesus says you should never lead someone into sin or cause somebody to act against their conscience as well. So kind of keep in mind those those principles as you make decisions. I think so often we get so busy or we we neglect the fact that, you know, um, that we should be following God's ways in, in in all decisions in our lives, and we just kind of go with the flow, or, or and that's the danger of our uh, the secular media, how it just kind of has has led us to believe, well, these things are okay, you know, and um, we desensitize people to what is true, good, and beautiful, and making those decisions that that truly follow God's ways. Father Burke, as always, really appreciate uh, your teaching and uh, your spiritual perspective uh, on this very important uh, issue of our moral conscience. Uh, As always, thanks so much. You're welcome. God bless you and and all your listeners. Many blessings to you. Father Burke Masters, the baseball priest and a longtime Morning Air contributor. We need to take a short break. When we come back on the other side, we're going to continue our series on how to land your dream job with career coach Bruce Lockenauer, who will discuss the recent layoffs and share his insights into the job market. So stay with us as this Monday edition of Morning Air continues here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Looking at life from a Catholic worldview, this is Morning Air. Jump into the conversation. Call 888-914-9149. Everybody's working for the weekend. And welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Gabby in for Sarah this morning. Thanks so much for joining us on this Monday morning. I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you once again. And in case you haven't heard my earlier thank yous, With a generous, incredible heart, you guys came through once again. I'm talking about our Relevant Radio family in our Give From the Heart Winter Pledge Drive last week. It was amazing. Um, If if you're just joining us or in case you missed it, we did reach our goal of $3 million late uh, on Friday afternoon, just before uh, the final minutes of the pledge drive, about 12 minutes to go um, of the pledge drive during the Drew Mariani show. It was so exciting with Mike Kendall and Father Rocky on hand. What a moment of celebration as we crossed the finish line, and, and we did it with your amazing support, no doubt through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary, Our Lady of Lourdes. Uh, her feast day was the following day, and in honor of Our Lady of Lourdes, I bought two dozen roses uh, to honor our Blessed Mother because we met our goal uh, in uh, two of those hours on Friday morning. Here's the happy totals as we speak, and they keep uh, growing. Uh, 3119000 plus from 15059 donations from you, our relevant radio family. Average gift of 2000 
$107. Just absolutely uh, incredible, heroic support. For whatever reason, you missed our uh, pledge drive uh, party last week. Uh, you can still make a tax-deductible donation by giving us a call. 877-291-0123 is the number. You can also do it online at relevantradio.com or uh, make a pledge through the Relevant Radio app. Once again, it's time to continue our series on how to land your dream job with career coach Bruce Lockenauer, who's going to be joining us here live here in, in a moment to take your calls, 888-914-9149. We're going to uh, continue to talk about the recent layoffs and, uh, and share some insights into the job market uh, with uh, Bruce. Bruce Lockenauer has a bachelor's degree in economics from Northwestern University and an MBA from Harvard. He has spent the last uh, 25 plus years working with public and private company board of directors, CEOs, and top executives on their career career and talent needs. You can always send your questions to Bruce directly, Bruce at relevantradio.com. Good morning, Bruce. Thanks so much for joining us. Great to be with you once again. John, good morning. It's a pleasure as always, and congratulations to our listeners for stepping up and keeping us on the air. That's great news. It is. It is really uh, fantastic news. Uh, I'm always so so grateful. Uh, you know, we really are a family here on Relevant Radio. Uh, it's a total team effort. Uh, it's an effort from all the hosts and all the producers and all the behind the scenes people, the engineers, everybody uh, from the top, from Father Rocky on down. But it's also we can't do it without our listeners, and we can't do it without our contributors like you, uh, Bruce. Oh, so you. really appreciate it. My pleasure, John. My pleasure. Um, we hear more and more, uh, it just never ends, about uh, the recession and the huge uh, layoffs, um, unemployment hitting a 53-year low. Um, can you uh, give us your perspective on what is going on here this morning? John, it doesn't make sense, does it? I mean, you hear recessions, layoffs, layoffs, and then, wait a minute, unemployment? A 53-year low? Back to 1969, it hasn't been this low, 3.4%. Did you know, John, that in Florida, the unemployment rate, by the way, full unemployment is 4%. So the country's at 3.4. Florida is at 2.5%. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, but it doesn't, it doesn't take away the fact that, that there's still these layoffs going on. So let's, let's try to unpeel this uh, and, and, and understand what's, what's going on there. Because layoffs aren't, aren't necessarily good, especially to the people... To, to whom they happen. But uh, anyway, so what's going on? So the, the, uh, you have the layoffs, but, but still this engine that's driving the low unemployment. Um, 1.1 million jobs were created in the last three months, half a million in January alone. That's huge, half a million people uh, got, uh, got you know, new jobs that were created. And my sense, John, is that this is a little bit of catch up to the quarantine layoffs that we had happening. And I'm I'll with call you. it a post. Totally yeah. with you. I absolutely, that's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, some of these so-called new jobs are just jobs that kind of went away uh, during the pandemic. Precisely. In fact, the three areas that are hiring the most or, or the sectors that are hiring the most are healthcare, hospitality, and education. And those, you know, those took big hits uh, in the quarantine. And have taken longer to catch up. In fact, we haven't yet caught up to where we were before the quarantine in February of 2020. Now, technology, on the other hand, 
is way over where we were in February 2020. And I think it's rebalancing down to get more in line with, with if you will, you know, what, 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 where it should be, what, what the norm should be. But when you look at all this hiring that's going on and the low unemployment, and it, it really reduces the likelihood that we will have a recession uh, this year. Goldman Sachs came out and said, there's now only a one in four chance that we're going to have a recession this year. Now, they're, they're probably the most bullish on that. There are others that, that, are, that are less positive, but still, it's, um, I think it's good news, good news for the economy and, and for our listeners. But uh, nevertheless, it seems like every day we hear about yet new layoffs. It's crazy, isn't it? Um, and you, you would expect this in tech for all the reasons we've talked about. And I would expect it in financial services, which is a notoriously cyclical industry. Uh, and we've heard from BlackRock, BNY Mellon, Goldman Sachs, PayPal, and others that they've laid off. But then Disney, FedEx, I mean, come on, all the, all the deliveries that are going on these days, Hasbro, McDonald's, Dow, 3M, um, some biotech companies. Now, it, it seems like it's on the present. What's going on? <clears throat> and an interesting one to point out is Boeing, the airline manufacturer. So they announced in the same press release, they, they mentioned right in the headline, well, we're cutting 2,000 white-collar jobs, um, mainly in human resources and financial services, and it's tied to their outsourcing that work to a contractor in India. But at the same time, they're preparing to add 10,000 jobs in engineering and manufacturing this year. So we got some layoffs here, but boy, there's still a lot of hiring going on. You know, you see encapsulated in that press release, and I think it's, it's true uh, across the board pretty much. Well, Bruce, uh, last time we, we talked about uh, some of those uh, tech layoffs. Uh, what about the non-tech uh, companies? I know you just mentioned one of them, um, McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. Well, so think about it, John. If you were a public company CEO and you look at Disney and they make an announcement that they're cutting heads. I can't remember what the number was. I think it was like uh, 2000 or something. Uh, but it's significant. And these are people, John. We got to remember that. This, these are people. So you question yourself. But what happened to Disney? Their stock went up 5% that day. So if you're a board director, you're going to ask your CEO, hey, you know, what are we doing to increase our stock price? Because board directors represent the shareholders. Uh, should we be thinking about layoffs? And I think, unfortunately, the easy answer is to say, yeah, <laughs> um, we can. You know, we tried this growth initiative. It didn't work. Let's cut that. I think we might have some redundancies here. Let's cut that. Uh, and, and companies are looking at, are feeling pressure to come up with layoffs, with ways to be more efficient. Now, the prudent way to do this, I mean, not to do this, but, but more, a more prudent way of running a business. We talked about uh, a CEO of a, of a traditional tech company in the Valley, Adobe. And what he said is he's been consistently managing to profitability. He's been in that role for like 17 years. And rather than managing to growth, which a lot of tech companies do, and then, the joke, and then there's a focus on profitability, you have to cut back. He hasn't had to cut back. So unfortunately, um, because of this pressure, there's going to be more layoffs. I mean, there going to be there are those layoffs, and there are going to be more layoffs. It's still somewhat low, so we had um, and the data is still coming in. But as of November, we are still right around the layoff rate that we were at before we went into the quarantine. And the difference, though, that the thing that that I find interesting too, is that the layoffs, just like the Boeing example, are mainly in the white collar jobs, 
So be it uh, you know human resources and finance at Boeing, my experience in previous uh, downsizings is that marketing is often uh, an area that, that that's targeted. So I'm hoping that we're going to have more brave leaders that say, like uh, in the in the initial uh, parts of the pandemic slash quarantine, there were a few companies that said, let's redeploy rather than than layoff because my sense is, John, that that this labor shortage that we're in isn't going to go away anytime soon. And the companies that send a message, like we talked about last time, like Google, when they send out an email at 2.30 in the morning saying, oh, sorry, you're not with us anymore, your password won't work. That really hurts their, not only the people they left deeply, and we can talk about that, but also the people that are still there who lose some confidence in the company. As one Google employee told me, they started dusting off their LinkedIn profiles. Yeah, can you imagine you just you know to be walking on eggshells and not knowing whether or not you you're going to still have a job? What do you say? Do you have some tips for any of our listeners who have a job but might be just a little worried, especially if they're uh, white collar workers? Yeah, I do, John. I do, I do. The quarantine uh, uh, caused us, I think, to you know to work remotely and and to to lose the personal relationships that are such a part of our professional culture, such a part of our, our business culture. So my suggestion for those that are uh, back at the office and, and um, or maybe not back at the office, but are concerned that their company could announce layoffs and they could be subject to those, is to make sure that you are nurturing not only those relationships you have, but building new ones. Make, let obviously perform well, John, you know, our Lord expects us to do our best at everything. And, and hopefully you can, you can sanctify it by offering up each hour of work uh, for a special intent to be a sick relative or a friend who's you know, going to confession for the first time, what have you, but perform well, you know, do, do your job and do it well. But also you got to go beyond that. Uh, you need to let people know who you are and what you're doing, because there's a tendency if you're working from home, especially to not invest that time, to just you know run into you know, into your office, do your work, and and then run to the family or, or what have you. No, you got to invest in those relationships, and not only the ones that you've got, but also create new ones. They're likely with all the reshuffling that went on, new people you need to meet. Especially look up the up the chain and make sure that you get to know those people and let them get to know you. And I think that will help reduce the chance that you end up amongst uh, those that are, are laid off. Uh, Bruce, here in these uh, final moments that we have together, uh, some uh, realistic advice uh, for those who unfortunately find themselves laid off. John, it's, it's a longer discussion. We may want to revisit it next time because uh, when someone is laid off, I think especially a man, a man but also anyone uh, who's, who's laid off, it's a blow. It's almost like losing uh, a family member. Um, it, uh, and there are stages of grief and mourning, I think, that people go through. So two bits of advice quickly to our listeners is if you know someone that is amongst the layoffs, let them, let them know there's hope, um, but also be supportive. Be as supportive as you can because they're going, just as you would if they had lost a, a loved one, because they're going through a tough time. And it, it really does you know, uh, affect them to their core. Now, to those that get laid off, it's a time to get back to basics, John. And I think you start with your faith. Get into confession. Spend extra, you have a little extra time, spend time in prayer. 
ask our Lord, Lord, that I may see, the Bartimaeus the beggar, um, Lord, what do you want from me? And listen, you got the time. It's really important that you start there, and then John, you know, I'm big on these 12 steps, and I think you need to go through all 12. I think, God willing, when he closes the door, he opens a window, you're going to find yourself in, in, in an even better spot. The good news, though, have hope. Two reasons. You know, one, we've got our Lord, and it's the old analogy about the footsteps on the beach. When you look back at your life and you're walking with Jesus, and all of a sudden there's only just one set of footsteps on the sand. Well, that's when our Lord's picked you up on his back. He'll do that. Um, so trust in him and then know that that job market is still white hot, John. There's still lots of jobs out there. So be not afraid. And uh, if we keep that spiritual perspective and understanding that uh, this just might be God's plan uh, for you, uh, you you never know what he has in store. One door closes, another one, maybe a better door opens, and we just got to have that eternal perspective, that spiritual perspective. Spot on, John. Absolutely. And I'm going to say a little prayer right now as as we uh, wrap up for any of those that do find themselves in the job market unexpectedly. Bruce, real quick, how can our listeners contact you? Real easy, John. Send me an email, bruce at relevantradio.com. Bruce, as always, really appreciate uh, your uh, insights. Uh, This is so practical and uh, really appreciate it. John, it's always fun being on with you. Godspeed, buddy. Thanks so much. Uh, Career coach and morning air contributor Bruce Lockenauer. Now it's time for yet another episode of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today is called Love in Action from St. Teresa of Calcutta. One night a man came to our house and told me there's a family with eight children. They've not eaten for days. I took some food and I went. When I finally came to the family, I saw the faces of those little children disfigured by hunger. There was no sorrow or sadness in their faces, just the deep pain of hunger. I gave the rice to the mother. She divided it in two and went out, carrying half the rice with her. When she came back, I asked her, where did you go? She gave me the simple answer, to my neighbors. They are hungry also. I was not surprised that she gave because poor people are generous, but I was surprised that she knew they were hungry. As a rule, when we're suffering, we're so focused on ourselves, we have no time for others. From Isaiah 58.10, Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. As always, thanks so much, uh, Glenn. Uh, remember, you can download any of Glenn's Story Corners uh, or Morning Air Conversations or segments that you might want to listen to again or share with others online at relevantradio.com or just go to our Relevant Radio mobile app, go to Shows on Demand, and download our podcast. That'll do it for this Monday edition of Morning Air. For Glenn Leverance, uh, producer Gabby Burke, our entire Morning Air team, I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us. Let your light shine before all. God bless America. We'll see you Tuesday on the next Morning Air. The Patrick Medrick Show is straight ahead.